dreamed I went to heaven and you were there with me. We walked upon the streets of gold beside the crystal sea. We heard the angels singing and someone called your name. We turned and saw a young man and he was smiling as he came. And he said, friend, you may not know me now. And then he said, but wait. I was in your Sunday school when I was only eight. And every week you would say a prayer before would start and one day when you said that prayer I asked Jesus in my heart thank you for giving to the Lord I am a life that was missionary came to your church and his pictures made you cry. You didn't have much money, but you gave it anyway. And Jesus took that gift you gave, and that's why I am here today. Before the Lord, 
He said, my child, look around you, for great is your Hello and welcome to Worship Where You Are with Triumphant Love Lutheran Church. I am Pastor Danielle Casey. We are delighted to have you worshiping with us where you are today. Just a few announcements and reminders. As always, we continue to gather prayer requests for our Sunday prayers, and we appreciate you continuing your giving, whether that is online or through our snail mail envelopes. Also, in the past week, you should have received a special mailing from us with information about our Forming Faith from Roots to Fruit campaign for the new year. We hope that you will complete your commitment, whether that is with the card, returning it to us here at church, or going online to review and renew your commitments that way. Today, we will have a special Forming Faith Temple Talk from our own Mary Helene as she shares her story of the way she has grown her faith here at Triumphant Love by leading Sunday school and adult faith formation classes. You won't want to miss it. And now we turn to the confession and forgiveness as we begin our service. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, in whose image we are made, who claims us and calls us beloved, who sends us out to bear good fruit. Amen. Holy One, we, we confess, confess that, that we are not awake for you. We are not faithful in using your gifts. We forget the least of our siblings. We, we do, do not see your beautiful image in one another. We are infected by sin that divides your beloved community. Open our hearts to your coming. Open our eyes to see you in our neighbor. Open our hands to serve your creation. Amen. Beloved, we are God's children. And Jesus, our beloved, opens the door to us. Through Jesus, you are forgiven. By Jesus, you are welcome. In Jesus, you are called to rejoice. Let us live in the promises prepared for us from the foundation of the world. Amen. We sing. truth we turn 
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Righteous God, our merciful Master, you own the earth and all its peoples, and you give us all that we have. Inspire us to serve you with justice and wisdom, and prepare us for the joy of the day of your coming. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I now invite our young people to gather around to join me for a children's message. good to be with all of you today wherever you are and I've got a really important question for you how many of you have ever been afraid yeah well I have too and I was thinking about the things that happen to us when we are afraid some people get ready for a fight some people get ready to flee, run away, and sometimes we just freeze. We don't really do anything at all. Sometimes fear can paralyze us, keep us stuck right where we are. As I was thinking about that today, I remembered one of my favorite books from when I was little. Maybe some of you know it too. It's the monster at the end of this book, starring lovable, furry, old Grover. And it talks about how there's going to be a monster at the end of this book. And when Grover hears that, he gets so afraid that he gets stuck. You can see him here at the beginning, just crouching down and hiding. And it continues that way throughout the book. Until at the very end, Grover discovers that the scary monster at the end of this book is actually Grover himself. At which point, he feels so embarrassed. Sometimes, when we are afraid, we get like Grover and we want to just hunker down and do nothing at all. 
And I saw a little bit of that in our gospel text for today. It's a parable, a story that Jesus is telling to try to teach us something about what it means to live in the kingdom of God, something about what it means to be a disciple. And he tells a story about a wealthy landowner and his three servants. And he gives each of them a portion of his wealth, a really great big portion, actually, called talents. And two of them take the talents they are given and make more talents. They are risky and bold, and they are rewarded in that. But one is so worried and afraid about disappointing his master that he gets afraid and just simply buries that talent in the ground. It doesn't grow. It doesn't change. It doesn't get better. It doesn't serve anyone. Each of us has been given some kind of talent. Maybe not the same kind of talent in the story, but maybe you are good at reading, or you are really great at sports, or you are really great at making people feel welcomed and loved, or you are really good at praying. Jesus has given each of us a talent and wants us to use it in the kingdom of God to serve God and to serve one another, serve our neighbors. So if you have a talent for caring, God doesn't want you to hold on to it or bury it, but rather to use it to care for maybe someone who is sick. If you have a talent for feeding people, you're really great at cooking, God doesn't want you to hold on to that and just feed yourself, but perhaps feed those who are hungry at a soup kitchen, for example. If you have a talent for prayer, God doesn't want you to just sit and pray for yourself and the things you need, but use that gift, that talent, to pray for others who might be in need. If you have a talent for running, God doesn't want you to just hold on to that and sit in your room and know that you're good at running, but rather maybe you could use your running gifts and talents by uh, doing a special 5K that raises money for a cause. God wants us to use our talents to grow and bear good fruit. And hopefully you'll notice our tree behind the altar has now sprouted fruit the way we hope you are doing. And as you look for ways to use your talents this week, maybe you'll notice a new branch or a new leaf or a new fruit here on our tree in honor of the good works you are doing in God's kingdom. Will you pray with me? Our hands we fold, our heads we bow. It's time to talk to God now. Dear God, thank you for Jesus, who shows us our talents and asks us to use them for the sake of others. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our service continues with our readings for today. 
a reading from Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. Now, concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say, there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them, as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness, for that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of light and children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So then, let us not fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, and put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation." For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other, as indeed you are doing. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. Like the murmur of the dove song, like the challenge of her fight, like the vigor of the wind's rush, like the new flames The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Then Jesus said, For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. 
Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seeds, so I was afraid, and I went and hid your talents in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I do not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him, and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. We sing. If you don't know what day it is today, you're not alone. That seems to be one of the symptoms of the COVID pandemic, even if you haven't actually contracted the virus yourself. Since mid-March, it has been difficult to distinguish what day of the week it is, with the usual markers of time have vanished into thin air. School bells stopped ringing, referee whistles stopped tweeting, and yes, church bells stopped tolling. Perhaps you are watching Worship Where You Are right now on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. sharp like always, or maybe it's Monday or Wednesday, or perhaps as I've been talking, you just realize you actually have no idea what day it is. So you may not have realized that it's November, you may not have realized that we are careening headlong into the end of the secular year, but also that we are only a few short weeks away from the end of the church calendar year as well. But our scriptures give us a hint of what time it is, for they all point to the end times and hint at the final judgment during these last weeks of November. On an average year, these scriptures can be a little difficult to hear, but this year, in some ways, they are downright daunting. Stay awake, be ready, keep watch, the hour is near. Preaching on a text that contains one of Jesus' parables can be a challenge at any time. Invariably, one scholar insists that we need to avoid a given interpretation of the parable while another presents that incorrect interpretation in a persuasive and extremely helpful way. So 
I find it important to remember that parables are stories with many different facets of meaning, stories that can be heard differently in different settings and different ways, stories that come certainly with this warning that I heard years ago. If you believe that you know the meaning of a parable, you can be pretty sure that you're mistaken. Our task then is not to find the meaning of the parable, of this parable, but rather a meaning for this time and this place. Our task is to turn this story over again and again in our heads, in our hearts, in our lives and to notice the way the light plays off of those different facets of meaning, like a many-sided diamond, perhaps. So how do you hear this parable differently than you did the last time you came upon it? Does it sound different to your ears in 2020? This week's parable, the second of three in a row in the 25th chapter of Matthew's Gospel, is as challenging as last week's story about those ten bridesmaids. To those of us who breathe the very air of capitalism, this week's story about servants giving an accounting to their master about money could sound like a literal warning from Jesus to invest our money well, or at the very least, deposit it in the bank to gain some interest. But this story isn't just about money, of course. Money is the illustration Jesus uses, but as always, the meaning is much deeper than that. Like the other parables in this section of the gospel, this story is about how to live in the meantime, you might say, until the reign of God comes fully and Jesus returns. And it compares two different approaches, that of the first two slaves in comparison with that of the third. In the meantime, especially when the world seems so topsy-turvy as it does this year, we are inclined, I think, to, like the third slave, be guided by scarcity and worry indecision, and greed. Many years before the term hoarding became part of pop culture enough to warrant it having its own reality television show, I was introduced to the term at the National Museum of Ireland in Dublin. I kept noticing that word, hoard, popping up in the different descriptions of artifact after precious artifact jewelry from the Ardog Horde, coins from the Dowrus Horde, or pottery from the Broider Horde. It was there at that exhibit that I learned that a hoard is actually a technical archaeological term used to describe valuables that were purposefully buried in the ground by ancient civilizations and were later unearthed by archaeologists. Whether they were originally hidden temporarily or for the long term, most hordes are buried out of a sense of fear. Interestingly, 
archaeologists consider hordes to be a highly accurate indicator of the relative degree of unrest in a society at any given moment in history. So if you hoarded toilet paper a few months ago, and you know who you are, this type of thinking makes complete sense to you. It is driven by our cultures, most cultures actually, way of thinking. But this thinking can also profoundly permeate our theology if we are not careful. Now, I don't know that I could go so far as to say that this third slave was a hoarder, but you could perhaps call this story the parable of the hoard rather than the parable of the talents. You see, looking at various facets of the parable, we might give it any number of names. The parable of risky business, because the master entrusts the slaves so riskily, or by, because he gives the equivalent of 15 or 30 or 75 years worth of wages to each of the slaves in turn. We might call it the parable of investing in the kingdom of God, because while we wait, we are called to multiply rather than bury the good news we know. Instead, we might call it the parable of the one who wouldn't go out on a limb, because the last slave doesn't grow what has been given him. Eugene Peterson, the author of the message translation of the Bible, might like that last title, because in his paraphrase of this story into contemporary language, he calls the two slaves who multiply their talents God's partners, and he calls the one who buries his talent this play it safe, who won't go out on a limb. As I thought about our stewardship theme for the coming year, forming faith from roots to fruit, and as I listened to the temple talks that members shared these last few weeks, I realized how much that title for this parable resonates with me too. Just look at the high-risk activity of the first two servants. They doubled the money entrusted to them. That's hardly a possibility without running the risk of losing the original investment. The major themes of Christian faith, caring and giving, witnessing and trusting, loving and hoping, those cannot be understood without an element of risk on our part. In other words, Faith cannot be lived without going out on a limb, at least from time to time. Sharing our time, treasure, talents, and yes, even toilet paper is, at the end of the day, a matter of faith. Because doing so requires us to rely on God's provision rather than our own. 
Being good stewards at the end of the day requires us to be as risky as God is at entrusting us with the kingdom's riches. It requires us to be as lavish as God is at extending grace to others. It requires us to be as bullish as God is at investing in this kingdom economy. Being good stewards doesn't mean staying put, but rather going out on a limb. I don't know about you, but read in this way, this parable grates against my apocalyptic pandemic ears. Are you telling me God wants us to count on abundance and a grace and sharing now? Are you telling me that God doesn't want us to be guided by scarcity and worry and burying our heads, if not our stuff, in the sand? But look around. Isn't that what everyone is doing? Certainly. And that's what makes the kingdom of God different from the kingdoms of this world. That's what makes an economy of abundance different from an economy driven by scarcity. That's what makes faith different from certainty. The parable of the talents, or perhaps call it the parable of going out on a limb, this year, more than ever, reminds me how often we choose to bury our faith, the talents we've been given to share, even the gospel itself. Or at least we tuck them away for safekeeping in some hidden place and only take them out on Sundays or in emergency situations. How much better might we, and for that sake, the world might be better if our whole life were transformed by living out our baptism, by responding every day to the call of God, and by growing from roots to fruit, by going out on a limb for God and each other. Amen. Take my life that I may be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of Your love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for Thee. Toma Dios mi voluntad, y haz la tuya nada más. Toma si mi corazón, y tu trono en él tendrás.
take my life that I may be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my voice and let me sing, always only for my King. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from Thee. Toma Dios mi voluntad, y hazla tuya nada más. Toma si mi corazón, y tu trono en el trandaz. Que mis labios al hablar, hablan solo de tu amor. Que mis bienes de picar, yo los quiero a ti, Señor. Take my life that I may be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Trusting the Spirit's power, we pray for the church, the world, and all of God's creation. church that we may take your love into places where healing is desperately needed, into lives where hope falters. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We pray for lawyers and advocates for local, regional, and national governments, and for peace throughout the world, that God may send gracious and upright leaders to govern Govern with mercy and truth. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We will pray we pray that you will, en will enrich our congregation's gifts for ministry. Help us to use our time and talents wisely and faithfully, that your light may be revealed through our words and actions. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We pray for creation, for soil and water, for all animals, and for an end to divisions among those who care for the earth. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We pray for all who represent us in church agencies and international organizations that you bless their work of carrying life, carrying life to broken people in broken lands. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We pray for all of those who struggle with the many effects of COVID-19. Bring healing to all the sick and dying today, and may they feel you near them in their distress. Hear us, O God, 
Your mercy is great. We pray that you now hear the prayers of concerns and joys of our church. We lift up prayers of thanksgiving for our triumphant love ministry, especially for our campus reopening task force, as they continue to work for the healthy reopening of our campus. We pray for our country, that we would strive to find common ground where we can and continue to work in unity together. We pray for those in need of healing, especially for David, Myron, Joel, Carolyn, Suzanne, Byron, Jonathan, Barb, and Laurel. For those in treatment for cancer, especially for Lene, Doug, Julie, Bob, and Barbara. And for all those recovering from wildfires and hurricanes. And for these things in our hearts and minds now. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Thank you, dear Lord, for blessing us with your mercy and for hearing our prayers. Amen. of Christ be with you always. Please share a sign of Christ's peace with those around you today and throughout the week. Before we hear our forming faith from roots to fruit temple talk, a gentle reminder to complete and return your own commitment card as you make your plans for how you will grow your faith in our ministry this year. I guess I'm what you would call a cradle-to-grave Lutheran with a gap year, actually years, between high school and parenthood. I was a missionary kid in South India for my first 11 years and then involved in Luther League in high school. My mom was very involved in Lutheran World Relief as well as Church Women United, and my dad taught at Wartburg Seminary. Once I joined TLLC, my dad started teaching yearly adult classes here every spring with an emphasis on Bible study, but also leading us through early ELCA studies and discussions about sexuality. Through both of my parents, I was rooted in interfaith dialogue, social outreach, and reflecting God's welcome of everyone. When I returned to church as a young parent, after taking a multi-year sabbatical to question my beliefs, I initially just showed up with my husband and kids on intermittent Sundays. But when I attended a new member class at TLLC, I was told by Pastor George Reswick that the people who end up staying with the church are generally the people who quickly get involved in some way. That got me thinking. And when a few Sundays later an urgent plea was made for help with teaching Sunday school, I agreed to assist an experienced and beloved elementary teacher named Janice Daly. Watching her interact with the class showed me that the first step in teaching is to listen and develop caring relationships with the students. 
When she had to take a break from teaching, I was suddenly the lead teacher, which, although initially terrifying, grew in me a new love for teaching and eventually coordinating the Sunday school. I wanted our Sunday school to be really fun, multi-generational, and encourage social outreach. So I incorporated monthly all Sunday school events, family weekend camps at Camp Chrysalis, Bread for the World letter writing, and participation in the Crop Walk and Heifer Project, to name a few. This led outgoing outreach team leader Fred Gramp to nominate me to take his place, and I found myself further branching out in my faith, strengthened and nourished by my TLLC community. My goal in that position was to plant seeds of outreach for everyone at TLLC through opportunities for education as well as action. This led to the development of two to three in-depth speaker series per year in which speakers from the community and the wider church addressed many of the social statements of the ELCA. A few years ago, our Sunday morning schedule changed and our Sunday school hours shortened to 45 minutes. There was talk of eliminating the adult class in favor of focusing on conversation and relationship building over coffee. Now, don't get me wrong, I love coffee, and I love chatting with my friends and church family at TLLC. But I wanted to attend adult class on Sunday mornings as an important part of my faith life. And it became pretty clear that if it was going to be, it would have to be me to make it happen. So here I was, back where I started, bearing the good fruit from the seed that had long ago been planted in me, teaching Sunday school. And now, without even being in the building, thanks to COVID. It was a big, terrifying leap for me to agree to teach in an adult class online. But with God's guidance and the support of my TLLC family, I'm now leading a series on radical welcome, exploring what real welcome means in the kingdom of heaven on earth. I have found a home at TLLC where my faith is nourished, I've been supported in branching out from the roots provided by my family, the Lutheran Church, and the Holy Spirit. And I have been given multiple opportunities to bear fruit. I'm thankful for the ways that God, through this congregation, has formed faith in me from roots to fruit. Your continued support of our ministry during this unprecedented time is greatly appreciated. You can mail in your offering or use this time to set up online giving. Simply go to tllc.org and click on the Give tab. Or use our Give Plus text feature to give your offering digitally. Simply text the amount you wish to give to 512-357-7693 and then follow the secure payment instructions. Let us pray. God of all goodness, generations have turned to you, gathered around your table, and shared your abundant blessings. Number us among them, that as we gather these gifts from your abundance and give thanks for your rich blessings, we may feast upon your very self and care for all that you have made. Through Jesus Christ, our sovereign and servant. Amen. And gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, we pray as Jesus taught. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, 
on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. May the God of all creation, in whose image we are made, who claims us and calls us beloved, who sends us out to bear good fruit, give you reason to rejoice and be glad. And the blessing of God, sovereign Savior and Spirit, be with you today and always. Amen. We sing. And a final reminder before our dismissal, if you are joining with us to worship on Sunday, we do have our adult Sunday school class at 10 o'clock and class for children and youth at 1. We hope you will join with us for that as well. And now, go in peace, bear good fruit. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. Thank you for listening to our message today. We are Triumphant Love Lutheran Church and are affiliated with the Southwest Texas Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. We are located in Austin, Texas. You can follow us on our website, www.tllc.org. We look forward to you seeking us out as our podcasts progress and further episodes are added. You have a great day, and may the Lord be with you.